the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to Signposts. I'm one of the co-hosts, Andrew Boylan, um, here with Pastor William Boylan. Good to be here with you, Andrew, and with Alexandra Boylan today. It's yeah. a family affair. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> I start singing. It's nice to have my uh, <laughs> shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> we could use more music in the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't have a lot of music. The Boylan um, Band. Come yeah, on, I know. I know. I know. We. Uh, a little traveling minstrels. Yeah, we should have. But uh, but yes, no. We as we start this next half hour, um, we want to welcome back Alexandra Boylan, who's here um, on behalf of Mustard Seed Entertainment, um, her company in in Los Angeles, California, that makes female driven faith based films. Um, and we want to just we we started to talk about filmmaking as a mission. People yes. often think about missions. I know growing up, I think about missions as people, you know, who uproot their family from, you know, from the States or after college or after seminary um, and go overseas, get implanted in a community, build relationships, um, you know, build or, or maybe it's a short term ministry. And they go in and they build a school or they build some or a church or something that or a water main or something a town needs or a community needs, or they go in, they become part of the community. They begin to minister to the community from within, um, build relationships, find outlets, you know, find willing and interested people who want to spread the word within their community. Well, I personally believe and have believed for a long time since I was at Gordon and since I was my early days of writing. And I know that you feel this way for sure, much more than even me. That filmmaking is can be a real mission and is a really an untapped mission. I mean, there's been people who've done things. There are certainly very successful companies right now, the Kendrick Brothers, um, as one example, um, who are making films. But for people who are tired of what they see in entertainment today, and I think there's a lot of people like that, a lot of people who are frustrated, a lot of people across the country, um, people who might listen to the show, but I'm, I certainly know that throughout the South and throughout the West, um, as mega churches grow, grow and blossom and churches become uh, just, uh, and looking for outlets, looking for entertainment, it is a Darth. There is just, it is just darkness everywhere you look. Um, you know, even superhero movies. I remember the, the last time you were in town, we went into Logan, you know, which is an X-Men movie. And it, they had been very, you know, simple superhero stories that are, are and it was just black as dark, uh, yeah. dark, dark, dark. Cinema's gotten very, very dark. It really has. And, it, and it's it's a bleak. It's the R-rated comedy came back, made a comeback, but now they're bombing left and right in yeah. the theater. And we actually had a, a small theater called Mike on Cinemas up in Wisconsin who showed Catching Faith to the community because we had shot the movie there. We ended up selling out one month straight. We had to shut the doors because of the, the, the contract. We had a distribution company. But if we had kept that movie going, it would have just kept selling out. And in fact, it's the highest grossing movie in that movie theater of all time was our film Catching Faith. Mm-hmm. And even the theater owners were 
flabbergasted that upstairs is the Avengers and everybody's standing in the line that's going out the door to see a Christian movie called Catching Faith. <laughs> I'm sure a little bit was about that it was shot in the community, but a lot of it was word of mouth of people being like, you got to take your kids to this movie. You got to take your family to this film. This is something. And at the end of, I get goosebumps because at the end of a lot of our screenings in Catching Faith, um, people will come up to me and say, you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in God. But I take my kids to these movies because I know I don't have to worry about anything. Mm. And I know that they're going to get a good message and I don't have to be embarrassed or afraid they're going to see something inappropriate. And we get a lot of those messages from both Wish for Christmas and Catching Faith where people will come out of their way to email us and text uh, and text us, email us and contact us that um, they're just so excited that they could sit down with their child on their couch and watch a movie and nothing was inappropriate they just right. in, like even one woman said thank you for not having the boyfriend and girlfriend kiss even that small simple thing that she's like i didn't want to have to talk to that to my eight-year-old yet about that kind of thing mm. you don't even address it in the movie and you, we don't have to worry about it and i was like no we we make the films to get the dub star approval of five five dub stars and we also just believe that um we want to tell the most uh family friendly film possible mm-hmm no, I think, I mean, and I think it's so, I think there's a, I just, I think you're, you know, speak directly to that, that need um, that I see that I think is out there so much that people need, want movies that they can, not only that they can take their family to, but I think they're exhausted yes. by having to watch, you know, an onslaught cringe of violence worthy. and cringeworthy jokes and, um, and, and, and just some, uh, on, on so many occasions, just downright filth. That yep. they um, that there is a that there's a movement and nobody's coming in or not enough people are coming in to fill that void mm -hmm. to fill that hole that people are looking to fill and you guys are one of the people who are really out there at the forefront of both traditional film media distributing films to things but also the new media mm -hmm. you know and and really getting out in front of um, these these stories and I it, so it's exciting to me to see that but i also think it's important for listeners to to realize that this is a this is a mission mm -hmm. um and and one thing i'd like to talk about is how people can be involved because people can be involved in filmmaking even if they're not a director even if they're not an actor you know certainly there's avenues for those people mm -hmm. for creative types to you know uh, and there's avenues for them to to try to break into an industry like this and, and it's very difficult but there's ways with a small company like yours that's really trying to you know, get get bigger productions, get stronger productions, get more into mainstream theaters, ha have more sold out shows in theaters. These are hard things to do. These are expensive yes. undertakings. Marketing money. Just like any mission, just like any, if you were yeah. to support a missionary who were to go and embed themselves in Turkey or Islamabad or somewhere like that, to get into these, to get your film out there into the world takes a lot of money. And people can, they probably don't realize that there's a way to get involved and to help a company like Mustard Seed make more films that they want to see. If you want to see these films, if you want these to come into your home, you can be a part of making that happen. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to hear about ways that they could do that. Well, yes. I think a lot of people might have a, a, an idea of how filmmaking works that might not be correct. I mean, every single movie is its own entity. Mm. So every time we finish a film, we start from scratch on the new movie. When mm. we made Catching Faith, we raised the finances, we made the film, 
and then that film was over. Then we had to go and raise more finances mm. to make Wish for Christmas. Um, we and we are not a stu- big major studio. We aren't connected yet. I'd love to. We we sold our film to Pure Flix, which is a huge Christian company, but we are independent. And so every time we make a film and we write a script, we are starting from scratch, looking for investors. And I personally have been praying a lot about this and and talking a lot about this that I want Christians who want to see the message go out there, I want them to fund us. Because, mm-hmm. yes, you're an investor. You will make your money back. It is a business deal and a contract that we can make with you. But um, really, above all, we want people who want to see this message being spread across the world more than the bottom line of, I want my dollars back. When's it coming? I want mm-hmm. it tomorrow. I mean, it's a process when you make a film. But, yeah, I mean... It, mustardseedent.com is our website and if you are interested in being a part of what we do um, and you want to come on board as an investor um, for our mission then please contact us there and, and we'll open up a conversation with you and right now we are we have two incredible scripts that we've already finished writing we're working on catching faith too and what what it has us right now stalled and at not making another movie is because we don't have the financing. We don't mm-hmm. have the money. Absolutely. We have the crew. We have the stories to tell, but we don't have the financing to make the right. movies happen. So, But I'd like to go de- delve a little deeper. You were yeah. telling me, and something that's been on your heart mm-hmm. has been that some aspects of your financing have been through hedge funds mm-hmm. in New York. And yeah. people that don't necessarily connect with the message right. of God. And that you, right. one of the things that now that you've, gotten over the first hurdle of moving into faith-based films, making two movies that have been successful, have gotten you inside the door, in the door. You'd like to see more people, more Christians right. who want to see this, who want to be in part of it. Tell, yes. And I think this goes well, back to what you were talking about, Cuba. Yeah. So tell us about what's going to happen. Let's get really into the nitty gritty on what's going to happen in Cuba. Who's going with you? And like, how is this different than if you had just put this movie up and with you're with a hedge fund or something. But well, before we even get into that part, let's just talk about Cuba and talk about who's going. Well, what's really exciting is our one of our investors from Catching Faith is going to go on the trip with us, which is so exciting. It shows that just because you're, even if it, the word is just an investor, you are making this movie. You are part of this film. He is the reason that movie even happened. And we were really excited to invite him. His name is Burton Roberts and he's a dear friend and he's my brother's partner. And I happen to be sharing the Cuba story with him and he said, I would love to go to Cuba and be a part of this and go on this missions trip. And so we are, we're just set him up with coming. Uh, everyone who, else who's going on the trip is uh, Lorena Segura York. She plays Alexa Taylor. The lead actress is coming. Uh, Richard Galley, our cinematographer, is coming. John Katie Graham, the director, writer, and producer, along with myself and my sister and her husband, Perry Polnazic. So along with Burton Roberts, there's seven of us so far from the filmmaking team all going into Cuba. We've been invited by the missionaries to go there and to show we're going to we're going to travel throughout Cuba and show uh, catching faith in the churches we're going to do a question and answer afterwards what's really wonderful and very exciting is that Lorena Segura is from Puerto Rico she's Latina her first language is Spanish and I'm really excited for the women of Cuba to see a Latina woman in a lead role in a film because I feel like that would be very encouraging and inspiring and she can speak Spanish and be our translator so two for one deal because <laughs> no one speaks English in Cuba at all Andrea went nobody no one speaks English so interesting I didn't yeah, know yeah nobody wow mm-hmm. 
She had to have a translator the whole entire time. She didn't. So that's to really exciting to have a so bilingual movie have, star have bilingual with you. Movie yeah. star, and I just think so. In, and like I say, I, I want to talk to women. So it's so exciting that these women in Cuba are going to see a woman who looks and represents them from Puerto Rico, mm. and for little girls to look at Lorena and say, "Oh my gosh, I can be like her when I grow up." It's I'm so excited about that. Yeah. No, that's that's really powerful. That's mm-hmm. that's very exciting. And uh, and and so and you had, and when you had told me that, I mean, one of the things that. Y- I'd thought, you know, was, you know, would a hedge fund want to go to Cuba? Right. You know, know, and there's a significant difference Mm -hmm. between when, you know, when people put their money where their mouth is and people who, you know, believe in Jesus and want to see his his word go out there to every to get into people's homes, into into people's stories. um, They can be a part of that and Mm -hmm. they can and they can they can call the shots. If you hate the movies that you see. You can make you movies can, that you want to see. You, you can do something yep, about it. There's you a can, way. There's do. an avenue, a very direct avenue. Yeah. And going to mustardseedent.com is one way, yeah. one very powerful way to see the movies that you want to see come to your local cinemaplex. Yep. Yep. It's true. And I mean, at the end, when we make a film, we would much rather our investors come to us and say, what are the stories behind the movies? Not when do I get my money back? What's the money? What's the ROI? What's the, you know, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying I don't, people don't want to make their money back, but I, I like to work with people who are more excited to go, oh my gosh, we're going to go to Cuba and this is changing people's lives in South Africa and even in the United States. Like I said, we get emails um, so every single day we're getting messages from someone who saw the film and was impacted by it. And that's what this, this, why this is a mission, why right. it's so important. It is not just about returning the dollar. What's money, you know? No, well, it's, no, exactly. It's you're, 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 you're turning your dollar into God's economy. And that's a big, that's a big shift. That's a big power, power play, um, for the Christian filmmaker for, you know, when we do it, we do it in all sorts of ways. And I don't think that people, realize as much that they can be a part of the entertainment industry in a way that can shed light on God and God's word. It's true. And I think, you know, we shot the uh, Catching Faith in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, a very small community. We've been asked to come back to make another movie there because of the impact it had on the community mm. and the community being part of making the film. I think the same was in Massachusetts and we shot Wish for Christmas, the camaraderie of bringing people together and people who never thought they'd ever get to be able to work on a movie set. It is not that intangible. I know it seems like it's Hollywood and it's way over there, but it's not. I mean, if you had a town that you knew we could film a movie in and would welcome us in we would come to your town and make the film it's a really great way to bring a community together in fact um, and also I think Catching Faith for Chippewa they were just so proud that that movie came out of their town because they had had a lot of movies shoot in the in the area but they weren't proud of those films when they went and saw Catching Faith they were like we are proud that our town was represented in a film that has this message and um, and yeah same with it just it's not this far away off land out there. It is mustardseedent.com. You email me. I'm looking at it every single day, and I will email you back, and we can start a conversation. Yeah, No, that's, that's really exciting, and, uh, and this is a perfect moment to just take a second to remind anybody who's joined us in the, in these, in the second half hour that today we're talking with Alexandra Boylan, um, owner of Mustard Seed Entertainment, um, film producer, film writer, um, she, they, Mustard Seed Entertainment is a one-stop shop for female-driven, faith-based films. Um, not only is there a market and a place for for faith-based films and trying to break in and make that market bigger, but also for I think it's important to to really highlight the female-driven nature um, to see female leadership in these films, see people, women helming films, um, 
this has been a boys club for a long time and it's an exciting thing to really see um women take an active role and be, you know, and be a forward person. I mean, I know that you're part of an organization called WIMPs, which is, and you, you're, you're going to have to tell me the, I, I know it's women in film, <laughs> but, I, but I think there's more to it. And, yeah. you know, and it's an exciting organization. Mm-hmm. I'm part of Women in Moving Pictures Salon. I'm also part of Women in Film. I'm mm. also a writer and the outreach coordinator for Ms. in the Biz. I also published a book and I am a huge advocate for women, not just uh, creating films for women, but creating films from the female gaze. Mm. There is a difference when a man Absolutely. makes a film for a woman as opposed to a woman making a film for a woman. It, um, and like you said, Andrew, it's been a male's cl- a, a, a boys club. Film industry is still a boys club. I mean, I work on a lot of movie sets and I walk into the room and I'm usually the only woman there. And it's just, you know, women getting their foot in the door and then other women bringing them in. I'm really, um, I'm an advocate that when we crew a film, we crew up at least 51% women. Mm. Um, because unfortunately, it's not that men don't love us. They just don't think to hire us all the time. So as a producer, I feel very strongly that I will go in and say, we will hire a female grip. We will hire a female um electrician and sound designer. I mean, just, just anything. Cause, and um, I just feel really passionate about champion women and telling women's stories. Uh, and, and in a positive light, a lot of, a lot of faith-based films are really geared towards men. This is a philosophy because the men don't always buy the films. It's the women who buy the films. So they're trying to keep the men in the, in the seats. But um, I feel, I found that was a very bizarre philosophy. I was like, why are we not making a film for the person who's buying the DVD? Why are we not just talking to them? And and it's also, I think, and we've discussed this, um, that men can't relate to women. I've had That is a myth that men cannot relate to women's stories. I've had lots of meetings recently where men will be like, I don't, well, what's in it for the guys in that story? And I was like, well, men can't relate to women. I've spent my whole life relating to men's stories. Yeah. And I really want to change that. I want to change the world for that um, philosophy because I don't, I think that we can be equal in, in all that, don't you think, Andrew? I don't agree. You agree I mean, with I that agree. Whole? I mean, I, I, yeah, I've, it's read, a big I've written many things, and it's a very big philosophy. I mean, and it's and it's very interesting. Um, but I think Can it's, I, a, but I, but I know you have or, have a real something. interesting question to ask. Yeah. Well, I do. I, I in fact, uh, as Alexander speaks, I, I want to ask at this juncture because it relates. Uh, you're a storyteller and a good one, and you and and uh, Andrea have written these uh, uh, scripts along with others, but. Uh, but God's a better storyteller, isn't he? He, he te- it's his story. Now, if you so, I've learned as a pastor, preaching and pastoring for fifty years in one place, to pay attention to the storyline. And uh, I want to ask you a question in the light of this. You grew up in the Byfield Parish Church. The Byfield Parish Church is old. It's the first <laughs> independent church, independent congregational church in America. It was founded in seventeen two. It was founded by a woman in. <laughs> colonial times when they were not the mover shakers of society necessarily and uh, what do you think and I'm asking you an unfair question because you, you we haven't talked about this but I want to know what you think about how it was that God happened to put you in the church that was founded by a woman in a time when women really weren't the leaders in society and uh, as as people have just heard your story you know just heard mm-hmm. your recount uh, your vision uh, uh, what do you, what do you say, what does that tell you or does it show you that God's really in this with you? Well, God is with us in everything, <laughs> so yes, of course. And I mean, I think that's incredible. I love that um, 
Hedebel Moody founded the church at 38 years old, which is I'm two months from 38. That's a pretty incredible thing. And But I actually have to say that we have some incredible women in our family blood that I think is, for me, I can have a more connection to the fact that my great grandmother, or was it great-great-grandmother? Your great-great, my great. Right. Great-great-grandmother came over here with five children alone from Nova Scotia to find her husband in Ipswich. And then my mother's side of the family, um, my grandma, great-grandmother came over by herself with her children to America. Those are two incredible women, women who... Um, immigrated into other countries by themselves with no men mm-hmm. and uh, very um, strong women. So I actually love looking back at our, our family tree because that is where I see, oh, that's why I'm such a strong woman yeah. and I'm going to make stuff happen because I have women in my family who were like, well, I'm on my own. I got my kids. I got to make something happen. And they did it and they didn't Absolutely. stay stagnant. They didn't sit where they were and say, I will just accept this. They said, no, I want greater and I'm going to go out there and make that happen. And that, so for me, I find that is very powerful and I get really excited thinking that that's my heritage, that's my history. And, mm. um, uh, that's probably why I'm such a, a strong female advocate and have so much of, I moved to Los Angeles when I was 19 years old, I picked up and, and moved across the country and it's in my blood. It's in my blood that the women of our family did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only they moved to other, con- another country, <laughs> which is in, right. in the 1800s and the 1900s. That's extraordinary. Right. But, um, but I do love to hear about the woman who founded the well, Byfield Parish well, Church. Well, the interesting thing is this woman, Mahalabelle Moody, you mentioned her, 38 years old. She founds the church. And it does happen to be that the American mind was greatly influenced and affected by the Byfield Parish Church. And as you know, Alexandra, uh, I delivered a paper at Oxford on that, the Byfield Parish Church and the forming of the American mind. So when you think about the way in which our country actually took much of its shape, uh, you know, not a completely out of the church, that's ridiculous, but, but it had a part to play. And it was a woman. That's what gets me. And here you are saying, you know, that you feel called to, to you know, really be the advocate in mm-hmm. many ways uh, uh, for women so that they will really appreciate what God has given them as gifts and begin to use them as maybe they never have before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it is. It's powerful. It's powerful to... Um, it's a new. It's a new. I mean, it's. I mean, it's not new. There've always, there's been women, women's stories, women who've told stories for years. But it's always important to have new voices, new female voices, um, and give them an opportunity to to speak in these mediums because they are so male dominated. And mm-hmm. and and you said something that I think is 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 extremely articulate in the difference that like it's one thing for a man I've written a lot of stories where there's a female point of view um, and, a, and a female lead or it's a female driven film but I can never write the female gaze and that is a very distinct thing that you are able to do you and Andrea together are able to do and there is a there is a magnitude difference there between is. how I would write a woman and how a woman would write a woman and to give to give those voices are so important well yeah and i mean i love this conversation and i think it's so interesting i mean when we were making catching faith i had five male partners and myself and i was on a call with them and andrea was not on the call it was just all the producers and the director and i and it was all men and me and they actually questioned the opening of the scene and what the woman talked about and they said i don't think a woman would talk that way 
And this is five men and me. And I'm like, right. I'm the woman in the room. And I'm telling you, this is how women um, mm-hmm. would talk. And they're telling me. And I think that is the problem with some of the um, Hollywood stories being told is that men do will stand up and actually say, I know better Absolutely. than the woman in the room. And um, and we need to change that. We need to have uh, uh, more women. And, and I always say I'm such a big um like I said, I'm involved in all these female organizations in Los Angeles, and I always say, I'm like, we're not trying to take over the table. We're not trying to do, I, I'm not a big advocate of this female-only movies. Mm-hmm. I just want an equal seat at the table. And I think when men and women come together in a collaboration and do it together, it makes incredible stories. Having John and my sister and I write the stories together is incredible because I can't write for a man the way a man could write for him. Mm. So I need to have a man there, and then we need to. And sometimes John will say something that Andrea and I were like, that doesn't work. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, because you're not a woman. And it's like, just like I would never say to you, oh, a guy wouldn't talk like that. Cause right, I, but, right. but Andrew, come on, I got to hand it to you. I got to hand it to my brother. I know we're maybe running. Are we good with time at the moment? We are. We're okay. Good. We, have, we have a minute. I got to hand it to my brother, Andrew Boylan. He has written two of our screenplays. He wrote Home Sweet Home, and he wrote a new movie that's coming out this fall called At Your Own Risk. And it's a geocache uh, venture thriller about these two girls who go on adventure in the New Mexico desert. Andrew wrote that film, and when the actress and I got the script, we were so impressed because never once in the entire story do the girls talk about men or... And that is, we don't talk about men. We talk about our careers. We talk about our relationship. We talk about surviving. But we never, whereas like Thelma and Louise, the whole movie is very uh, female empowering. But the whole movie is about them running away from men and dealing Mm -hmm. with men. And we thought, what a cool uh, thing you did to write that where you actually... Right, to, to well, pass the Bechtel, the Bechtel test. You Bechtel passed text. the Bechtel test with flying right. colors with that movie. And I got to say, so you're, if, if anyone can write for women, my brother Andrew Boylan can. <laughs> I give you. Well, that's it's nice of you to say, but I think. You did a good job. I think it's, but I, but I think that at the heart of it, what's so important is to, is what you and Andrea do, you know, and, and, the, and to change the gaze, to change the lens and have the lens be, because it is, no matter what I can do, and I think that I, I've, might you know have a nuanced look but we all fall into the um the pattern of mansplaining and it's important to like find a way to break these habits and break mm-hmm. these traditions um and to and tell the real stories there's like diverse stories out there that need to be told whether they're women's stories you know ethnic stories diff- different stories and these and it's very powerful um once we once you break that and once you give this opportunity yeah. And what what really excites me for anybody who's listening right now, um, next Saturday, Alexis uh, Alexandra Boylan is going to be back, so we can follow up so much of the this conversation. Because as always with this show, we got we run out of time, <laughs> we run out of things to talk about. So I just as we in parting, I just want to remind anybody who's listening, you can go to mustardseedent.com to learn more, or you can come to pastorboylan.com, and we'll put you directly in touch with Alexandra and her company. Um, Thank you for listening, and this has been an episode of Signposts. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.